0: At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life.
1: Welcome back, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm Dr. Jonathan Fialco, Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health South Florida and Chief of Cardiology at Baptist Hospital. This podcast topic is timely and of utmost seriousness, that of the present COVID-19 status and the impact of the Delta variant. We're going to jump right into the conversation. Our guest is Dr. Sergio Segarra, a friend and colleague for many years. Sergio is chief medical officer at Baptist Hospital, Miami, and an inspirational leader in our efforts to care for COVID-19 patients and stem the disease's progression. Welcome,
0: Sergio. Thank you, uh, John. Um, Greatly appreciate it.
1: So let's get right into this again. Time is of the essence, um, and this is such an important, as I said, topic exploding across the nation and in our Baptist community. Um, Sergio, let's start with, with with this this conversation. You know, I, I remember dialogue we've had and others have had very uh, early in the covid pandemic where we recognized the longer it would take us as a country and as a as a as, as the world to control it, we were concerned about the long term lack of control could lead to dangerous variants. What is a viral variant?
0: Yeah, um, very uh, true. We had those discussions. And while our worst nightmares haven't come true, uh, we've gotten a a variation that is uh, very concerning. So what... We have now, you know, we've seen, you know, viruses need to change, they mutate to, in order to live. That's what viruses want to do, and they need hosts to go live in. So they will change in order to uh, reproduce easier, uh, in order to uh, be able to continue their life cycle. So that's what we've seen. We've seen a variant, we first saw the UK variant, which was a little bit, easier spread amongst us and a little bit more virulent by that i mean that it makes us sicker uh, quicker and then most recently in may we saw the delta variant so um the delta variant uh came from us from uh the asian subcontinent from india which had a terrible outbreak and that variant at initially was less than one percent and we saw it in scattered areas throughout our country. Yet now it is uh, people that are doing the testing are seeing that it's as much as 90 percent of our COVID cases. So So, it went. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it went in from May one percent to 90 percent. And it's likely throughout the country, the dominant variant. So
1: viruses over time will change to maintain their survivability. The fact that it's the Delta variant, and you mentioned Alpha, there have been other variants discovered. What makes the Delta variant so concerning? Uh,
0: Great question. Uh, Two things uh, make it uh, very concerning. So one of them is how easily spread. So when we first de- dealt with the alpha variant, the original, we were saying that was the spread as easily as the common cold. It was contact um, precautions that we were taking. And that's why we were going using terminology like the RT, the R0, how much the virus would spread to another person. So initially it would spread to 1.1%, Uh, or 0.8 when we had it in the decline. So all those things, we were able to track the virus. Now the virus um, has mutated to where it spreads almost to the level of a chicken pox. So when I asked the uh, leadership here, who had had the chicken pox, everybody raised their hand. It was very common and very widespread how the chicken pox was. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing a virus that spreads as easily as the chickenpox.
1: And that goes back again. Um, and that's a, a great analogy towards the early stages when we talked about flattening the curve. It wasn't that people wouldn't get the virus. It's a matter of we just don't want everyone to get the virus at one time. Overwhelm our healthcare providers and our healthcare resources, of course. And even if it's a relatively, um, we'll say not virulent virus, meaning, you know, most people will survive it because of the amount of people getting it, there will be deaths and there will be disabilities and will be hospitalizations. So if you've expressed well that the Delta variant is more contagious, a person can give it to more people, the amount of exposure one has to someone with Delta is less, that will make them sick. Is it more virulent than the regular than the early COVID uh, virus? In other words, are people sicker from it? Or is it just so many people have it, the, the percentages will wind up still with a lot of sick people?
0: It's a combination of, of both. Uh, it does spread a lot easier. And because the viral counts, because the amount of virus that the person uh, is exposed to, receives, as well as uh, the person that sick gives off, we've seen a higher viral count. We have seen people that are sicker. So these are these are folks that we're seeing now that have gone, you know, we have some that are repeat uh. Uh, Cases, but the majority are novel cases. This is the first time they've had COVID. Um, And we're not seeing it in that elderly, debilitated population. We're seeing it in a very vibrant, younger, healthier uh, population that's out in our workforce, that's out in our community. Uh, That's not only the people that we're seeing that are coming in, but also, unfortunately, people that are dying. Uh, from uh, COVID, sure. so uh, the so, last week alone, you know, we've had uh, three deaths. Of the three deaths, one was in the 80s with multiple comorbidities, someone that was more frail. Um, however, the other two were in their 50s and one of them had no comorbidities. So that's very concerning when you have a 52-year-old otherwise healthy person that comes down with COVID Gets into the ICU and dies of COVID. That's very concerning.
1: You know, I I I, I use an analogy in in certainly uh, in my practice, and when you when you work heavily in preventive areas, you know, how do you get someone who feels well? to do something to prevent something that may or may not happen. It's hard. I mean, people don't perceive of themselves at risk. So through what you've just explained very eloquently about the Delta variant and why it has become a scourge in terms of its transmissibility, you've mentioned, you've not mentioned, you've said that you're seeing at Baptist hospitals, the chief medical officer, increased volume of COVID patients again, um, younger patients. Um, Let's talk about that preventive strategy and, and the vaccine. So first, are you seeing a differential in the hospitalized patients between those vaccinated and not vaccinated?
0: Yeah, we're, we're seeing a significant um, early on. It was a greater difference. So greater on, it was 95 percent of the patients were unvaccinated. So 95% of the patients that were presenting to the emergency department that were sick were, were unvaccinated, and that continues through the, the course of care. As a matter of fact, the vaccine protects you with the, protect, with the progression of the disease. So we're not seeing those ICU cases as much or the uh, critical care in the vaccinated population, but we are seeing breakthrough cases And I think as time evolves, we're gonna end up seeing more breakthrough cases because there's just more of that constant, repetitive insult on vaccinated uh, patients. So vaccine offers a lot of protection. However, we also have to go through the mitigation strategies. We also have to wear our masks, uh, wash our hands, uh, socially distance. All of those things are also of utmost importance.
1: When when we say uh, 95% of the acutely ill are not vaccinated, and we do know vaccinated people can get ill, although you know I think the, the hospitalization and death rates remain significantly lower. Correct. We're also working against time that we know that boosters may be necessary, so there might be some waning of the vaccine benefit. But it's very clear what you're saying, that it still benefits an individual to get vaccinated, um, um, but also it benefits the people around them if they get vaccinated, if you're vaccinated as well. So uh, let, let's switch gears for a second. I do want to get back a little bit to the to the sure. virus and vaccines. How do you find in your experience you're able to discuss with people that not only should they get vaccinated, but if but but how should people engage others around them who might be vaccine hesitant? to convince them that it's better for themselves and the community to get vaccinated. What, what kind of conversations, these are tough conversations we all have, but how do you, how do you approach that?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, A critical conversation indeed. And, and it's very sensitive and uh, a lot of people have that predisposition and frankly are angry when uh, we bring up even asking uh, the vast vaccination status. So part of it is, as healthcare professionals is, How we ask it. So if we ask it in a non judgmental manner, if we say, hey, you know, we, we need to know to see, you know, the amount of cases, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, as opposed to saying, hey, why didn't you get vaccinated? You have COVID now. So how we approach our patients is, is important um, that we aren't judgmental. A lot of people, you know, didn't get vaccinated because they had misconceptions. There's still a lot of myths and misinformation out there. So the first thing we need to do is clear up those misperceptions and say, hey, you know, why use you hesitant? Let me know why, um, you know, you, you haven't got vaccinated. What are your concerns? So when we approach it like that as healthcare professionals, people will open up and, and tell us. And, and I'm happy to say that there have been people that I've been able to change their mind that have said, oh, gee, it really won't affect my daughter's DNA. It really won't have check, change her DNA. I'm like, no, you know, the same thing with long term effects, you know, Sure, we don't know what the vaccine is five years from now, but we haven't seen any other vaccine that has caused problems in in the long term. And we have a short term crisis. We have an immediate crisis. So those people that, that are hesitant, I approach as not only if they're on the fence for themselves, I ask them to look at those around them. Do they have susceptible people that can't make the decision, whether they're children or they're debilitated adults that that have difficulty getting it? And you know, most people are um, open to it to that discussion.
1: Again, tough discussions for all of us. Yeah, um, but absolutely. that's a great a great you know approach and um, and context. Um, are the vaccine safe? How do you answer that? Again, going through yes, what yeah, would you say? I. Yeah.
0: I tell them, you know, the first thing, you know, as soon as as it was, I was eligible, you know, I lined up, there was enough information. We have to remember, you know, vaccines are tested typically under, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 people before their, their release. We've had Hundreds of millions of people that have gotten vaccinated. So the the population has been secondary to none as far as the amount of, of people. And when you look at the disease, uh, you know, the when you do a risk benefit analysis with any other vaccine or medication, the risk benefit clearly say that the benefit of that vaccine versus the risk is to be vaccinated. And that's what we do in all aspects of, of medicine. Nothing that we do is without potential harm. That's why we do the risk benefit. Great,
1: great back. Um, does the vaccine work with Delta?
0: Yes, the vaccine has been shown uh, to, to work with Delta. You know, the the unfortunate Issues you mentioned earlier, you know, we've been vaccinated now for some of us seven, eight months. So we don't know, you know, is there a waning immunity? Is there? So now we're dealing with potentially a waning immunity of our bodies, of our system with a virus that is, you know, has a much high viral count. So those things you know, uh, make it a a bit uh, worrisome. So that's why we need to bring in our other strategies. That's why we need to bring our mask wearing and uh, social distancing to protect us uh, from that. I can tell you personally, I am behaving as if I was unvaccinated. So when I go into a store, I wear my mask. When I go Inside to a room where I don't know a lot of people, I wear my mask. And as you, you know, know here at the hospital, we wear our mask everywhere mm-hmm. outside of our offices.
1: We do in our clinical offices as well. Um, yeah, as well. So, to that end, if enough people were vaccinated of all ages, and again, this is speculative, would that be the uh, means of removing the masking and social distancing? recommendations. Is that the end goal? Uh, if we're going to resume normal lifestyle, as we say, and not have these extra precautions, maybe we'll always have precautions, which is certainly worthwhile. Is is getting more people vaccinated the, the means to achieve that?
0: I, I I believe so. I believe so. I think, you know, we've come close uh, a couple of times. You know, it's very frustrating. As close as we have come various times, and we just can't get over that hump. You know, we just can't get, you know, we get there and then we either lax or the, the, the guidelines or we end up uh, thinking, oh, well, enough people have gotten vaccinated. I don't have to get vaccinated. Uh, and I've heard that, you know, I've heard, oh, I'll wait for the other people to get vaccinated. Oh, the, you know, we're, we're close enough. No, we, we all have to do our part. We all have to do our part because you know I make the analogy to uh, driving the speed limit. What you know, we we can you know, if you see somebody going 120 miles out there per hour, not only are they endangering themselves, but they're endangering other people. And those are things that we do because we're part of a society because we're around other people. You know, if you want to go 120 miles an hour and end up you know wrecking. OK, that's that's sad, you know, but if you do it down the Palmetto at rush hour, not only are you going to kill yourself, you're going to kill somebody else.
1: It, it, it always amazes me how we don't draw those analogies. I mean, people can smoke in their home, but they can't smoke next to me. And I don't want them smoking next to their kids and in restaurants. And we accept that because the secondhand smoke is dangerous. You can drink in your house. But you're not going to get in a car and drive because you could hurt someone else. And you yes. even have those conversations with patients. Would you want to be in an accident and kill a and, and harm or kill another person or a baby in the backseat? And we don't do right. it. And so, so, you know, you don't want to be vaccinated. OK, stay at home and, you know, yeah. Don't, yeah. and don't expose others. But that's that's it's the same kind of analogy in terms of uh, behaviors. Weird how we just don't connect those. Uh, those yeah, those, yeah.
0: No, it's ideas. and things we do every day.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, Sergio, I mean, this is this is great. I'm sure our listeners um, um, can appreciate your uh, your knowledge and your passion towards um, um, help lead the efforts towards uh, both support those in need uh, from a medical standpoint with COVID-19 and the families, as well as um, help uh, you know, mitigate um, this uh, this pandemic. Um, any final thoughts? I'll ask you. You may have mentioned them already. What what keeps you up at night about uh, about COVID-19 and the, uh, the variants?
0: Great question. Thank you. The the same thing, maybe a little bit worse, that keeps me up now is what kept me up a year ago, you know, Um, and that's when I thought we were getting a vaccine. Then we get a vaccine, and my biggest concern is that we're going to look back five years from now and say, boy, those people in 2021 really had an opportunity, and they blew it. They had a vaccine that was effective to, with the virus, and they chose not to use it. And now, look at us now. You know, we, we're in spacesuits where we can't uh, socialize because the virus has mutated to something that is resistant to, to vaccines. That's what keeps me up uh, uh, at night, that, uh, that missed opportunity. So right. that's why I'm so passionate.
1: Avoidable, preventable. Just have to get the right messaging and responses um, yes. um, to achieve yes. that. Well, again, thanks again, um, um, thanks. A- as always, and uh, to our listeners as usual. If you have any thoughts, opinions, um, requests for future podcast topics, please uh, email us at Baptist Health Talk at BaptistHealth.net. That's Baptist Health Talk at BaptistHealth.net. Uh, otherwise, stay safe and please get vaccinated.
0: Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news, and be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.